0: She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special edition of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. As you are aware, I am doing interviews with our amazing co-authors of my upcoming anthology in the pursuit of fearless living. So today we have the honor of meeting one other lady. So let's just invite her right in and get started. Hello, Arlette. How are you?
0: I am fine, Marianne. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. So let's jump right in. Tell us your name and a little bit about your story. Who are you?
0: Okay. So I am Arlette Simmons. I am a licensed professional counselor in um, the Commonwealth of Virginia, also a nationally accredited counselor. And I'm also um, training to be a sex offender therapist at this point in time. Um, I live in Suffolk, Virginia with my wonderful husband and my son, Isaiah, Um, originally from the Caribbean. So I'm an Island girl, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, And my family migrated here. I spent a lot of time growing up in New York I went to Virginia State University. I am a Trojan, BSU, and fell in love with a man. (laughs) And here I am (laughs) living in Virginia and trying to live my life as fearlessly as possible.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. So how would you describe yourself in one word?
0: Magnificent.
1: Mm. Now, Mm -hmm. why do you choose that word?
0: Um, I choose that word because I feel like when I look at my path from where I came and where I am right now, it's truly magnificent, you know, to be the child of immigrants, to come to this country and be able to get the full American dream is magnificent. So I think it kind of sums me up in
1: one word. <laughs> I like that, I like that word. So what would you say has been your biggest failure and what lessons did you learn from it?
0: Um, I would think that my biggest failure has been Holding on to things that I should have let go a long time ago. Yeah, that has caused me to have, I would consider in my life, several different times where I feel like if I had not held on to it and let it go, things could have been better. Maybe it could have been um, adjusted and things could have happened faster. I probably blocked a couple of blessings by having that kind of a mindset. So I would think if I had to say that would be my biggest failure.
1: And what lessons did you learn from it?
0: Um, I learned that in order to be the type of person that I want to be, I have to be able to let go. Um, it lo- it allowed me, especially being a therapist, one of the things that I think people don't understand is as a therapist, you're not perfect, you're learning as well. And so going through all the journeys and being able to learn some of those things about myself, I think that's the greatest lesson that I got out of it is that um, being the type of person that I want to be, I can't hold on to things
1: you know, and you said something that's very key because I know sometimes, you know, people will look at individuals that are out, you know, on social media, you know, coaches, therapists, and things of that nature, and they feel like we have it all together, you know. Okay. <laughs> and oftentimes we're giving <laughs> ourselves advice, you know, uh-huh. when we post uh-huh. things and you know, inspiration and motivation, we're actually sometimes speaking to ourselves because we Correct. need that too.
0: Correct. I tell people all the time, uh, my clients, they laugh at me. I will come on the session and I'll be like, how are you doing? And they'll be like, wait, how are you doing? You know, and I'll be like struggling, but we're going to make it today together. You know what I mean? It's a sense of honesty. I think that's what's been one of the things that's been very helpful for me in my life is making sure that I'm not projecting something that's not. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be as true to me as possible. So, yeah, no, some days I'm falling apart and other days I got it together.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self?
0: Smile. Smile. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you grow up in Brooklyn (laughs) and you are considered a pretty girl, you do not smile Mm -hmm. in the streets. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It keeps you safe. It keeps people away from you. You know what I mean? And um, it's sometimes a protection. People think that you're mean or you're all these different things. They run in the opposite direction. So my 18-year-old self was very much um, tough and hardcore. Mm So I would tell myself to smile. It's not that serious. Like, let it go. Mm That's so true. What is your favorite self-care practice? Sleeping. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how much of a self-care practice that really is. Uh, When you have a toddler and you're running a business and you're helping your uh, aging parents and you're being a wife and everything else, sleep does not come very often. And when it does, sometimes it's not really great sleep. And um, as a therapist, one of the things I always encourage is the fact that we need that really good REM sleep to be able to function. Sometimes if you were just to get a lot of uh, sleep, I mean that good sleep, not the kind where you are popping up every second, right? But that really good sleep, it makes a difference. So yeah, sleep. (laughs) If I can sleep, that's what I'm
1: doing. So what would you tell to the person that believes the hype, you know, because I've heard it so many times, you know, I'll Mm -hmm. sleep when I'm dead.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, you might be sleeping sooner than you think.
1: Mm.
0: You know, you're setting yourself up for a lot of different issues, whether it's something mental or something physical. You're creating ailments that the body can heal itself from if you were to get enough sleep. So, yeah, no, if you want to leave sooner than you, you know, you initially planned. Go ahead, mess around. Don't get that good sleep in. He'll be right at the PCP talking about my blood pressure, my this, my that. You know what I mean? So, no, yeah, you no, know, it's a, it's needed. It's needed. It's a big thing. And we kind of skip over that. So, I always try to
1: push that. If money was not an option, what would you do with your time? Ooh, I would
0: volunteer. Um, I've done it in several other occasions before, um, I always give back in some way, shape or form. I've spent a lot of time volunteering, um, not just in places where, um, people are struggling, but sometimes also in the place where people are doing well, um, because those, um, communities need help as well. I do a lot of volunteering, um, a lot of encouraging. I think, um, there's so much toxicity in our world right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That I'd spend a lot of time volunteering my time and trying to talk a couple of folks off the ledge yeah, yeah
1: that's awesome what is the favorite my, what is the most favorite thing about yourself and why the most favorite thing about myself and why
0: this might be TMI but it used to be my boobs <laughs> <laughs> I had great boobs for a very long time it was like my badge of honor <laughs> I love those guys. I was like, "You guys are my ticket? Like you're amazing." I cannot believe that. <laughs> you know. Uh, my mom had great boobs, and I inherited those, so that was my thing. Now they are on struggle mode after breastfeeding a kid and everything else. I'm like, "Why
1: come back to me?" So yeah. <laughs> and I think no matter what what amount of exercises you do, cannot it just, it, it just doesn't happen. You yeah, know? no. I'm 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 hoping uh that i can
0: release that demon from caring so much about them because i literally am like so maybe i should go get a little mommy makeover and have them you know be pulled up a little bit but no i'm trying to embrace my new self <laughs> a new body and everything else that's come along with it
1: that is funny that is funny but it's so relatable
0: oh, i'm telling you it's honest truth.
1: <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years
0: In five years, I see myself hopefully with another child um, and at least two other locations um, for my business, um, one being hopefully um, in another state. Um, And I'm hoping uh, if our plan goes the way it should, because we are big manifestors in this household, um, that we would probably be in our final home. That's it. This is it. It has every single thing that we need and we are here and that's it for us. So that's what I see myself,
1: hopefully. And what makes you passionate and what gets you motivated? What makes me passionate and motivated?
0: Um, I would have to say for the last year, it has been my son. Um, seeing him experience everything for the first time, things that I didn't even think were a big deal, you know, things that you've gotten so um, blind to because life is life. Um, so he's currently my passion. You know, he sees some puffs and his light, his eyes light up. I'm like, oh, that's how mommy feels when she sees lasagna. Okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, we're happy. <laughs> and we're hungry and all these different things. So he has definitely been um, everything that I'm centered around right now, and making sure that um, he's getting
1: everything that he needs. So that's been my,
0: that's been my thing.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So shifting gears just a little bit, talking about the anthology. Why did you decide to join this project?
0: Um, I have a uh, bachelor's in English and mass communications from Virginia State. And I always said that I wanted to write a book. Um, I wanted to write a book about my experiences uh, growing up as an immigrant child in the United States, in Brooklyn. I have so many crazy stories that people would not believe of things that happened to us growing up in Brooklyn. And so I always wanted to write a book. Um, And then recently, so many different things have happened in my life that when I tell the story, people are amazed. They're in shock. They want more. They don't you know, they want to get some understanding. And um, it's a lot of conversations behind it. And um, my sister-in-law, Shantae Miller, said to me, hey, you need to write a book. I said, I know I want to do it. But trying to balance everything that I have going on right now, I'm not going to have the time to do so. And so she approached me and she said, I want you to talk to this lady. Her name is Marianne. She's doing a book. I think that you would fit in well um, with sharing your story. And she said, you don't have to say too much, but something. At least to get you started, you know, get your juices flowing. And um, your spirit seems amazing. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think this will fit well for me. And so I tried my best to put a little bit in there enough so that the reader understands what my plight was and how I was able to live fearlessly in the end. But um, to allow myself just that, you know, get your juices flowing type of a vibe. And so hopefully once this whole process is done, I will sit down and start writing, you know, the full book to encompass all of these things.
1: Yeah, that's so true, because. I think that the great thing about anthologies is that you're, you know, you're focused on just one little bit of your story and yeah. even though your story can be very big, which mm-hmm. normally it is, mm-hmm. you're just focusing on, you know, it depends on how many words, you know, I've done some as small as 500 words mm-hmm. and up to 3,500 words, okay, you know, and stuff like that. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that once you get started, you're like, Ooh, I did it. hmm like, so, you Perfect. might end up jumping into another anthology while right. you're still working on your own solo uh-huh. stuff like that. So, okay. that's the amazing things about anthology. Something to think about why not? Yeah, I mean, like I said,
0: this story <laughs> has some <laughs> chapters and other things about it that you're right. Yeah, I could probably jump into another anthology and um, share different bits and pieces, but um, I figured this would have been a better way to get started. You know, I'm big on prep and planning and getting familiarized with things. I feel like if you were to do a lot of that, you can, in many instances, not every instance, but in many instances, you can avoid some of the pitfalls. And so I'm learning in this experience, and I thank you for giving me that opportunity.
1: Well, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So what is one key takeaway from your chapter that you want our readers to capture without giving everything away? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, The key takeaway, I think, that I tried to at least express in the, you know, in the chapter was when you get to that end point where you feel beat down and completely frustrated, and you feel like you have nowhere to go. That's when your story truly begins, and that's the art of the pivot. You know, we talk about um, the old saying, "Hitting rock bottom." Yeah. You know, when you get to that point where your back's against the wall, and it's like I cannot see out of this. You know, as a therapist, I see a lot of clients that choose things like to harm themselves, all these other type of options. But no, um, sometimes when you get to that point, you have to believe in something bigger and greater than you. And I think that's what I was trying to um, portray because that's what I did. I allowed myself to see a different outcome and not the one that I had been seeking for so long, continuously over and over again. You know, and thankfully for the assistance of family and friends, they were able to breed. little bit of life into myself, you know, help my sales kind of blow up a little bit. And I just took off running, um, looking at other ways that I could live my life and be happy.
1: Yeah. Having that support system is definitely key.
0: Correct. Correct. And for people that don't have an ingrained support system, I always say to them, that's why therapy can be so helpful. That's your safe space where you can go and speak to someone. And um, I think a lot of people believe that uh, when you are, seeing a therapist you're crazy you know all of the things that come with that stigma that's been placed on it no i have a lot of clients that are still coming to me just for the purpose of i am that safe space
1: yeah and the thing about it too is that it's kind of like you know like a vehicle you know like bodies are vehicles why wait until that engine light is on to Mm -hmm. get the oil change so it's like maintenance is important
0: Mm -hmm. yeah but I, i always tell people um Do you wait until you're completely at your end and not go see your PCP? That's why we have those yearly visits, those checkups, right? To make sure that everything's running smoothly. Um, And so it's the same thing with the therapist. You don't have to see everybody weekly or anything like that. Once a month, once every two, two, three weeks, you know, whatever it is that your um, body needs, you seek that. Yeah,
1: So without telling us the story behind your chapter, Mm -hmm. what three words would you use to describe your chapter?
0: Hmm. Tearful, uh, optimistic, and
1: spiritual. Mm, I like those words. Mm-hmm. I, like those. I can't yeah. wait till everybody start, you know, gets, a hand of, of, uh, gets their hand on the book. And I'm nervous. I'm like, please read. But then I'm like, no, don't read too much. So I'm like, so I'm all, <laughs> all over the place right now. Was it difficult to write your chapter?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a little bit more difficult than I initially thought. I was like, oh, I'm an English major. I write papers with my clothes. I can do this. And then I got started and it was like I had so much information. Everything was flooding. And then also um, I struggled with how much did I want to share with the world? That's another piece of it, because my story does not just encompass me. Mm -hmm. There are other individuals in my life that surround that I'm telling their story, too, by doing this. And so I wanted to make sure that I was respectful in how I um, took this journey. And even though it's kind of like I related to social media and people with their kids, especially famous people. They're like, oh, my kid didn't choose this and everything else. And I thought to myself, you're right, your family, everybody else, you know, that type of a mindset. So I wanted to make sure that everything that I was doing spoke true, but then still gave the respect to everybody else
1: involved. You know, and that's beautiful that you took you know, that into consideration, mm-hmm. because I remember when I wrote my first anthology project, which was about six, seven years ago. I, my, the, that particular book was about a toxic and unhealthy relationship. Okay. And I knew that eventually this individual might come across the, you know, the book or, and even though I never mentioned that person by name, okay. you know, one of the things that the visionary said is that you're writing your truth. Correct. And as long as it's not coming off in a slanderous or malicious manner, mm-hmm. as long as you're telling your truth, that's all that truly matters. Mm -hmm. And if someone has, you know, a different point of view, it's like, okay, well, there's other, you know, projects out there. You can, you know, pursue one of those to share your story. But I think that that's, you know, important that, you know, I'm very, you know, honest of you that you struggled with that. But yet you also took their feelings, you know, as you move forward.
0: No, I try to live my life like that Mm -hmm. in the lessons learned. Um, I always thrived on the fact that I told the truth, even if that truth was mean and harmful to someone else, right? My disguise that I hide behind was, but it's the truth, I'm being honest, I'm not lying. You know, you need to face yourself, this is the truth. But just because it is the truth doesn't mean it has to be said. And the mannerism in which you say it is also very much important as well. You can tell somebody the truth and you put it in a way that seems a little bit more tolerable to that person because everybody's not ready to face the truth. So hiding behind that doesn't make any sense. So I just wanted to make sure that I was respectful of everyone in telling my story and taking that into consideration. So that was hard. I wrote some stuff and I was like, oh, no, take that out. (laughs) 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 And then also I didn't want to, I read what I wrote to my husband after the fact, Um. He trusts me, you know, hands down with every single thing in our life. But I read it to him after the fact because I did not want what I saw in my head to be misconstrued Mm -hmm. um, in any shape, way or form. I wanted it to be my story that I'm telling in a still manner isn't taking everybody into consideration. But like you said, my story. And so I read it to him after the fact and little small joke about me. I am horrible with... um, dates and birthdays and certain things like that. So I sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm this year. I'm this old. And my husband goes, no, you're not. I'm not. <laughs> like, what did he say? I do this all the time for years. He'll look at me like, come on, man, seriously. So I read it to him. And he said, contact her. And tell her you made a mistake. That's not the right age. And I'm like, don't do this to me. That is the right age. So we sat there for like 15 minutes, counting and calculating to make sure I was right. And I was, I felt vindicated because usually I'm wrong. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, no, it was uh, hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious. And that's beautiful also that you have, you know, that you got his support.
0: Correct. And it's like kind of
1: like just, you know, validated you. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. He thought it was great. He thought I gave just enough. He said, if I was just a person and I didn't know anything about this, I would be interested. I would have additional questions. Right. And he said, you did a really good job. I said, that was the point, mm-hmm. you know, so that anybody that reads it can go, you know what? I want to know what happened with Arlette's story. I want to I know more, you know? So yep. hopefully if he felt that way, I feel like maybe I definitely, you know, hit it right on the nail. So, right. yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's a good thing about it because it opens up again, either for additional you know, other anthology projects or mm-hmm. more, you know, meat for mm-hmm. your, you know, for your solo book when that comes out, because that's gonna come out. Yeah. How yeah. Do, we have how, you, how do you plan to celebrate? I'm very big on, you know, as the life coach, the fearless mm-hmm. living coach, that, you know, whenever I work with my clients on something, you know, a big goal that they're accomplishing, mm-hmm. I think it's very important to always do something to celebrate because it's a big step. Mm-hmm. So how do you plan to celebrate this accomplishment?
0: Um, when everything is said and done and everything is done, I am considering doing like a little hosting at my office space, um, and inviting people to come and doing a little bit of, you know, food and wine and all this different type of stuff like that. And, um, because, um, someone else in my network is also in the anthology, uh, you know, possibly having us both be there so we can read a little bit of our story, you know to everyone and um, celebrating that mannerism as a tag team. So a couple of things that we've considered, but no, I am going to celebrate it. Trust and believe you me. Yeah, I'm
1: going to celebrate it. Yes, it's definitely needed, you know, not just because, you know, you did something big, you know, and you accomplished a huge goal, mm-hmm. but also because it's, it's very emotional. Correct. It's a very emotional process and Correct. stuff like that. So just Correct. like, taking a step back and just reflecting and getting in touch with your feelings and emotions that have come up and mm-hmm. working for those.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over the years, I've always been big on celebrating certain things. Um, I'm part of the crew that used to grow up where we would celebrate our birthday for weeks at a time, you know, things of that nature. Um, and so in this particular instance, especially with the pandemic and um, COVID and everything else, I am pushing the reemergence of that celebration again because for a while we kind of were like celebrated out, you know? But I'm pushing that again. So I'm making sure that accomplishments like these, not to mention, um, you don't know who you're touching just in that type of an instance. And so if I touch anybody in doing so, I've won and they've won. Yeah, that's so challenging.
1: true. Yeah. So, what do you think It's a unique skill? that you possess, that has helped you get to where you are today?
0: I can poke a hole in a story like no other.
1: I mean,
0: I ran a group home for 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. Teenage boys, ranging from 13 to 21. And that was my niche. They would sit there and they would have this I mean, deluded story, and I would listen to it, and I'd go, nope, wrong, that couldn't have happened, this, 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 that, that. And they would be looking at me like, Ugh. and I'm yes, like, how do you oh, know? yes, because I know, that don't make any sense. And so what has happened is because of that little niche, my mom said um, her one of her older brothers back in the islands um, was a very well-known and prominent law enforcement person. And she said, you got his brains. You should have been like in the, you know, I'm good at being able to sit back and just, mm, no, there's a hole right there. I'm going to jump in it. It's big. It's not even a little hole. And so that's who I am. I, I, I just sit back and I go, no, doesn't seem right to me. You know, it's my thing. That's what I do. So a lot of the times, especially now in my um, my career path,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It has become so helpful because when you're sitting there listening to situation and story and story again, I can tell when somebody's trying to pull the
1: wool over my eyes really quickly, and c- kind of hold them accountable for that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's you know, and that's good too because, like you said, you know, as being a therapist, sometimes people don't want to open up, especially when the relationship is just starting. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, like you know, there's more, and you mm-hmm. you, know, you have the skills to you know pull that out out mm-hmm. of them.
0: Uh-huh. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, come on. <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, come on. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, I um as a matter of fact, right now I work like seven days a week. It's a thing. Hopefully not forever. Mm-hmm. But um one of my young clients, he was talking to me today and he told me this long story and I did not interrupt him. And um when the session was ending and his mom came on to make arrangements for his next session. He told her, he was like, that's why I like her. She lets me talk because he had a therapist before and she would never let him talk. You know, so I'm sitting back, listening, figuring out where I can interject, what I can say, what I can do. And, you know, just making the whole experience be something that's safe for whoever's across from me.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that's what people need, just someone to just listen. Listen, mm-hmm.
0: Yep, no interrupting, no talking, no counter putting your piece in there, just being able to listen and then hopefully give sound and safe advice.
1: Yeah. What would you say has been your biggest accomplishment?
0: My son. <laughs> my son has been my biggest accomplishment. He trumps every single thing else. He trumps the degrees each of the businesses, the
1: houses, everything. Yep, That's
0: He's beautiful. Everything.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. So as we get ready to wrap up, where can our audience connect with you?
0: Um, I am on social media, but not too much, but you can definitely find me. So um, professionally, um, my business has a Facebook, Clinical Services LLC, where you can find me there. Um, and I'm considering whether or not I want to make myself more available in other platforms because my other uh, social medias are private places that I just keep to myself. Um, but for right now, definitely, you can reach me on Facebook at LLC. Yeah. Or um, our website, ClinicalServicesLLC.com. Send me a message there and I can always respond.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us
0: today. You're so welcome. I appreciate you and thank you for having me. You're
1: welcome. All right, everyone, I truly hope that you enjoy the conversation with Arlette and learning a little bit more about her. Make sure to visit her website and connect with her and grab a copy of the book. We will see you next time with another author interview. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode inspiring and motivating. Don't forget to leave a comment so you can win a fabulous prize at the end of the month. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can head over to YouTube or my Fearless Living Coach page on Facebook if you are an Android user. And as always, remember, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority and you matter. See you next time.